Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Utah Weekly Forum, a public affairs show dedicated to learning more about the issues affecting our lives and health and exploring the resources available in our diverse communities to help. Here's your host, Rebecca Cressman. Well, thank you. And it's such a pleasure today because we're going to be talking to a Utah native who has served our country for many years in the U.S. Navy. Captain David Lang is a captain with the Medical Service Corps. And thank you for being a part of our interview today, Captain Lang. Uh, you bet. It's always good to talk about the Navy and talk about Utah. Well, it is Navy Week, and there's a lot that is happening right here in Utah. So before we talk about all the events, first of all, explain to us what Navy Week is and what it means for us. Yeah, sure. So uh, Navy Week is an opportunity for the Navy to uh, get out, do community relations events, in various cities uh, across the United States. Uh, we tend to Look at look at, look for cities that may not normally get a navy presence, may not have a base, may not be on a coast where there's a navy week already happening with a fleet week or something. And uh, so this year there's I think 15 cities, and Salt Lake was chosen. They usually choose it around some bigger event going on in the area. So here in uh, Salt Lake City in Utah is of course the state fair happening. So the navy uh, comes out here, and we put together some community events. Uh, centered around uh, the Navy uh, and uh, centered around the, the Utah State Fair. So it's good to be home. Welcome home, by the way, and thank you for your service. I grew up in a Navy port. I grew up in San Diego, California. Um, the servicemen and women that walked our boardwalks that uh, were in the city were a part of my growing up, and, and my parents were always encouraging us to show our respect and recognize that these were young kids who had, you know, left home uh, to serve our country, and very often those who served in the Navy where I lived, um, sometimes they had some very long periods of time where they'd be on board, whether it was a submarine or whether they were out to sea, and so there families were behind at home sometimes as well. So we recognized that it wasn't just those sailors who were part of the Navy, but the family behind the neighborhood and the community. So I, I'm just kind of curious as we talk about the U.S. Navy. Do we have a lot of different ports throughout the United States? Yeah, so uh, obviously um, there, there, are, there are major naval bases around the United States. Obviously uh, on the coasts is where you, you get the, the majority of the ports Obviously, San Diego, where where you were raised, truly is America's finest city. (laughs) But I noticed that you also served in Camp Camp Pendleton, which is yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. We uh, we had the opportunity to live in San Diego twenty years ago, and then just a few years ago, we were in North County up there in Oceanside, uh, supporting the Marine Corps. So, 
Yeah, uh, obviously San Diego uh, on the West Coast, um, Bremerton, Washington area is another big uh, naval base for us. And then uh, on the East Coast, there'll be some other ones. In fact, the largest uh, naval base in the world is located in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, where the uh, United States Navy's Atlantic Fleet is based. And then other small seaports, if you will, uh, and other coastal communities. And then obviously we have a couple of rather large uh, air bases that aren't necessarily located on the coast, but easily accessible to the coast when needed operation. Now, for those of us who are less familiar with the role, because we have different branches of military, so the U.S. Navy, is it in charge of protecting our seas? So uh, you'll hear in the Navy, there's a term they use a lot in the Indo-Pacific, where I have a lot of experience, and it's called a free and open Indo-Pacific. And uh, it's about open sea lanes, freedom of navigation, cooperation amongst countries, and then that can that can go into to many different things. But the Navy is out there every day at any given time. There's a certain percentage of uh, Navy ships and submarines underway um, protecting U.S. interests across the world. When you say uh, Indo-Pacific, is it Indonesia and the Pacific Ocean? So the Indo-Pacific area of operations, if you will, is uh, essentially the west coast of California all the way to the southern tip of India, and then north and south to the north and south pole. Over 70 million square miles, over half of the world's uh, commerce is uh, moved on those sea lanes. So it supports the economies of a lot of different countries to have free and open Indo-Pacific and free and open shipping lanes that any country can use safely. And navigate safely. You know, and as we follow international events, uh, you know, this does come up where we hear about a country maybe either being an aggressor and closing down shipping lanes or encroaching or firing upon other ships or in, uh, you know, prohibiting cargo from reaching its location. So that is part of what the U.S. Navy is trying to maintain free and open so that that kind of cargo and trade can move back and forth among the countries. Yes, I, you know, I, I've had uh, more experience in the Pacific area than I have in a, the Atlantic Ocean and Europe, but I'm sure we have the same principles uh, over there for for maritime operations and how things move uh, through the ocean. And uh, yeah, that's it. There's a uh, a lot goes into safe navigation and uh, safety on the seas, no matter who you are, whether you're uh, a military craft, whether you're a uh, civilian mariner just out for the weekend. Uh, there's a the the ocean can be unforgiving in a lot of ways, and so there's a lot that goes into keeping it safe. And for those who've just joined us, this is Captain David Lang with the United States Navy. I want to. We're going to talk about some of the Navy Week events that are going on as part of the State Fair. But before I do that, uh, could we pause for just a minute? I, I want to talk a bit about your career. You started in Salt Lake City, and as I reviewed it, you know, my dad used to live in Western Samoa. I'm curious, where have you served? Because I understand that your first assignment was in Iceland. Is that correct? Yeah, sure. So uh, actually, the beginning of the story, I would say, would be uh, in college at the University of Utah. Both me and my wife went there. And uh, I was in grad school, started to toy with, with looking for a you know a, a real job. <laughs> and uh, I discussed uh, the military with a few different folks. And uh, honestly, it was my wife who's like, Dave, just do it. It's only three years, you know. You'll get some experience, that sort of a thing. And three years has turned into 23 years. But, yes, we've uh, 
we've had the great opportunity to uh, live overseas uh, for a large majority of that. Um, we started in Iceland and then a couple years in San Diego when I was on a on a ship. We then moved to Guam. We've had the hardship duty of living in Hawaii three different times. We've spent time in Colorado Springs, been on the East Coast, and then now here in uh, the national capital area, Washington, D.C., well, that is extraordinary, and thank you. And, and you're also being a bit humble because in those roles, uh, you were also directing the medical care. Is that right? The medical services? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a I'm a healthcare executive by by training. That's what I I went to college because uh, I wanted to work in hospitals and get into healthcare administration. The Navy uh, offered a great opportunity for that, and I've, I've worked in. A few of our different uh, hospitals, I'm now at a joint medical center here in the National Capital Region, Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. You, some people may have seen it on TV when the president gets his physical or is admitted. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we're, the, we're a major referral center for the U.S. Armed Forces, whether it's in the uh, National Capital Region or into Europe and Southwest Asia. Uh, this is the largest uh, medical center uh, in the DOD that does uh, graduate medical education. We have 60 uh, residency and fellowship programs, over 700 trainees. And my role at the hospital is uh, a lot of the support services that go into the daily care of the patients, our IT infrastructure, our facilities infrastructure, human resources, those kinds of things, all the the stuff that supports the clinical team as they take care of patients. Well, and it's interesting because hospitals very much like Walter Reed or, or others are like little cities, right? They require yeah, yeah, almost yeah. similar infrastructures as, as, a, as a town would. We do. Mm-hmm. We do. We are, we, we're, we're what I would call our own little base here. A lot of people refer to military bases as a small town. Uh, you have a mayor who is the, the base commander and you have your own fire department. We have a police station. We have uh, a store. We have a grocery store. We we have a child care center for staff to uh, send their kids to uh, while they're working. Uh, we we can feed people here. We have a couple different restaurants. We have uh, a medical school and the graduate university on the back side of the campus that uh, supports the military through graduate education and uh, across all specialties. So, yeah, a military base can be considered a small city. Even as you describe all of that, I think about, uh, you know, members of the U.S. Navy that are serving in all of those different capacities, right? Uh, So let's talk about Navy Week, because, as you mentioned, it is running side by side with the Utah State Fair. So the Utah State Fair are at the fairgrounds um, right here in downtown Salt Lake City. So tell us where we'll find you and what are some of the things that the U.S. Navy will be doing at the fair? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the Navy will have uh, a display, if you will, all week at the State Fair. It'll be centered around a uh, MH-60 helicopter from one of our helicopter squadrons based in San Diego. They're going to fly a, a helicopter over for the week and have it there as a display. There'll be sailors uh, all week at the fair. You can talk to them, learn about the Navy, and get questions answered, that sort of a thing. Uh, so that that's the focal point for the week. And then uh, there will be a group of us that are in different places around town throughout the week, community events. We're doing a Habitat for Humanity event. I think they are visiting uh, a couple of local schools. There's going to, We're bringing uh, one of the Navy bands with us that will do um, a couple of different concerts. I think they'll be out at the fair one day. They're going to be at the downtown uh, library uh, in Salt Lake City one day. 
and then a meeting with executive engagements uh, throughout the week, myself and uh, another senior officer that's coming for the week, um, meeting with representatives up at the University of Utah. Um, I believe we're meeting with the mayor of Salt Lake, uh, stuff like that. I'm going to my high school to uh, meet with the principal, get a get a tour of the new school they just built. Who's your alma mater? We know that you graduated from the University of Utah, and that's where you got your Master of Public Health as well. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. Uh, my my wife and I both are graduates of uh, Hillcrest out in, in Migville, proud, proud Husky. Oh, how fun. So you'll have a chance to visit the school and kind of go back to that. Imagine you in high school as a Husky, having no idea that you would live all over the world and have decades as a career within the U.S. Navy. And is that part of the message as you are doing outreach is that, you know, the world really becomes part of your future when you join the Navy? Yeah, you know, uh, join the Navy, see the world. It, it sounds kind of uh, cliche, but it, it, it can be true. And uh, you, you just made a, a really, a really important point. Um, me as a high schooler, I had no idea if this would be what I'd be doing uh, 30 years later. But I absolutely enjoyed every minute. And my message to people when I when I get out and talk to them is, whatever you choose to do in life, you, you need to enjoy it. Uh, and I definitely have enjoyed uh, serving in the military. Uh, my wife and I and our kids have benefited from living in a lot of cultures throughout the world. And uh, as we say, we've we've got to see the sunrise in many states and many foreign lands. And uh, our our kids are, I think, it has benefited them as adults. Uh, to to have this exposure, and we've really really enjoyed uh, what what the Navy has offered us from a family perspective. And, uh, the experiences we've we've gotten. Well, and it's beautiful too because your family has served as you have served as you've been deployed in different areas. But um, I shared with you before we began this interview that I just recently attended a um, high school reunion. And while I was there, one of our uh, classmates is a rear admiral with the U.S. Navy. His name is Peter Stamatopoulos. And he is. Uh, he said, you know, I, I decided to join the Navy because somebody told me that if I wanted to really grow and develop, that I should put myself around people who wanted to grow and develop and make more of themselves. And he said, all along my career, you know, he said the early years were were different years. But as I continue to serve and have opportunities to lead, I, uh, he's like my personal skill base uh, and my knowledge continue to grow and grow. And he says, you know, there's a young man who started in high school in San Diego, but is now knows the history of Afghanistan and Iraq and Iran because of all of the experiences that he had. And and so let's talk about that, being a part of the Navy, what it's taught you. Yeah, you know, that that is a great story. And I, I have a similar uh, story after my time in the Navy. But uh, during our first um, three years when we lived in uh, Keflavik, Iceland, at our at the small base we used to have up there, um, we had um, a set of um, senior missionaries for the LDS Church that uh, supported the base and all the young missionaries and he was a retired Army colonel, and he shared with me a story about being in college and looking for a job. And he said, I was 22 years old, and I had just graduated from college, and uh, I was looking into joining. He was in the Army. And he said, they gave me so, so much money to be responsible for, so many people to be responsible for, and a really good job. 
And he said, you know what, at 22 years old, no other corporation was going to do that for me. Uh, but the U.S. military trusted me to learn and develop into a leader. And uh, that, that reminds me of the story that your, your, your friend at your high school reunion said. Um, it, we really do in the military. I think we develop leaders. I know it's pushed me to be a better person, and uh, it, it's been a great opportunity. Now, getting back to some of those experiences, yes, uh, I agree. Uh, we, uh, Your friend and the experience he's had and learning the cultures and the histories of these countries – uh, as part of our opportunity to live in the Pacific for the better part of 10 to 12 years, uh, we've had the opportunity to live in Guam and meet some of the greatest uh, people I've ever met in my life. Uh, I've deployed with a couple different Pacific Partnership missions, which is a big humanitarian mission the Navy does every year uh, to the Indo-Pacific. And uh, some of the, the greatest people I've ever met and the funnest people to be around are the people in uh, Western Samoa, and uh, spent a month in the, the Marshall Islands. And it beautiful, first of all, it's some of the most beautiful ocean you'll ever see. There's a lot of U.S. military history in these areas. And then there's a lot of proud people that live uh, on these islands. And uh, it, it's been a fascinating experience, and it truly is something I never could have imagined. Uh, so yeah, it's, been, it's been very exciting and very rewarding work. Talk about what an impact experiences like that have on you when you do have an opportunity to enter someone else's home country and learn to love and respect uh, their culture. It stays with you. You know, I mentioned that my father had lived in Western Samoa. You know, he'd lived there three years, but throughout my childhood, entire childhood, he wore a lava lava every day. And, um, and, and he still celebrated and looked for opportunities to to go and be a part of the Samoan community where he lived because of some of the values that he felt only really were celebrated there and were so unique to that. And he said, and then I would feel like I'm home again for just a bit when I'm together. And so I'm sure you've had those experiences as you've reconnected in Guam and the Marshall Islands and uh, in Western Samoa. Yes, it's, it's, it's absolutely, uh, it's wonderful. So we, we haven't lived in Guam for uh, probably 13 years, but we still talk about the people and the island and the food and the water, and the friends we made there. Uh, that's another thing that's been absolutely uh, fascinating is um, the, the friends we've made throughout our time in the military uh, now that live all over the world. We, were just, we just made the three-hour drive last week to Norfolk, Virginia, the promotion of, of one of our friends. And these people have been our neighbors uh, three different times throughout our career, uh, but we hadn't seen them face-to-face in 10, 12 years. Mm. Uh, but we picked up like we just left off uh, for the two or three hours we spent with each other last Friday. And uh, those are some of the great experiences uh, of our time in the military. That's really beautiful. You know, I was thinking about how my sister was born in Guam uh, in the late 1950s. And yes, there is a lot of military. She was born on a military base. And Yeah, that's outstanding. Mm-hmm. I worked in that hospital. Oh, they just my tore goodness. it down and built a new one. <laughs> but I, I, we, I worked in that hospital. It was a, it's a wonderful facility. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she has not had an opportunity to return back to the other, and she was very young, right, uh, during mm-hmm. that. But the deployment and the history, especially during in that Indo-Pacific area, is so rich in military history. At one point, as we were looking at family history, I realized my mother was living in Guam. My sister was born there. I had a grandfather serving in the Korean War. So he was um, outside of Korea. I can't remember which islands he was on, and my own father was in Western uh, Samoa. So it was just, (laughs) you know, I thought, goodness, look at that. Just one family and yet so much history in the Indo-Pacific. So the U.S. Navy during Navy Week will have a lot of different events, as you've mentioned, Habitat for Humanity, visits uh, here with our local government leaders, also being at the Utah State Fair. If we wanted to be a part of U.S. Navy Week and or any of these events, Captain Lang, is there a place where we can go to to learn more? about the schedule of the happenings with U.S. Navy Week here in Salt Lake City. Yeah, sure. I can, I can give you a, a website to go to. It's kind of long, so bear with me, but it is <laughs> Outreach. <laughs> it's, uh, let me start over again. It's outreach.navy.mil slash navy-weeks. Uh, and as you scroll through that, you'll see a list of all the cities and towards the bottom, because they're in chronological order of how they've happened. Salt Lake City is at the bottom of that, but outreach.navy.mil, and then look for Navy Weeks. That's the easiest way to find it. And then when you scroll down, Salt Lake City, and then there's a a calendar of events there. That's beautiful. And before I let you go, I guess I should ask, what age can people still enlist in the U.S. Navy to serve? Yeah, sure. Um, See, uh, basically high school graduates are who the Navy is looking for, so that 17, 18, 19-year-old. And uh, there's a lot of great opportunities a lot of great professions, a lot of great uh, technical trades to learn in the Navy. And uh, whether people uh, decide to join the Navy and do it for three, four, five, ten years, or whether they turn around and make it a career, I think it's it's value-added to your life. Uh, it's rewarding, and I think you meet uh, some of the greatest people you'll ever meet. You'll make friends for life. And you'll you'll learn a lot about yourself and the country during the process. Is there one day in specific that you, Captain Lang, will be at the Utah State Fair for U.S. Navy Week where we'd have an opportunity to meet you personally? Yeah, sure. Uh, They have plugged me into a lot of different events. Right now it looks like uh, maybe Monday afternoon and then Friday might be the best days to see me at the fair. But I will uh, be in and out throughout the week as as the the schedule permits. But it looks like Monday afternoon or Friday will be the best day to see me out. Well, we'll look forward to that opportunity to shake your hand. And thank you for your service. Captain David Lang, yes, with the Medical Service Corps, has been a director for many, many years over healthcare and hospitals and humanitarian projects with the U.S. Navy. And he's our own Utah native joining us for U.S. Navy Week. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Hey, thank you very much for having us. Utah Weekly Forum is produced by KSFI FM 100.3 in Salt Lake City, a Bonneville International Station. Subscribe to the Utah Weekly Forum podcast online and email us at Rebecca at FM100.com. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone 
and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.